Hi everyone, I'm Ben Norton and this is Geopolitical Economy Report. I've done a lot of reporting here on how the United States is trying to start a war with China in order to support separatist forces in Taiwan. The US has troops in Taiwan. The US is selling billions of dollars of weapons and military equipment to Taiwan. The US is encouraging Taiwanese separatists and supporting them economically and politically. U.S. politicians, top-level officials have gone to Taiwan while refusing to go to mainland China. So on paper, the U.S. claims to recognize that Taiwan is part of the People's Republic of China. And when the U.S. normalized relations with China in 1972, the U.S. admitted the fact that on both sides of the Taiwan Strait, there is only one China. And yet, at the same time, the U.S. has been supporting these separatist forces. Well, while the U.S. is doing that, other countries around the world are rejecting Taiwanese separatism, and fewer and fewer countries recognize Taiwan as a country. In fact, now the number is just 12 U.N. member states, 12 countries recognize Taiwan as an independent country. That is out of 193 member states. And in fact, the population of those 12 countries is 0.49% of the global population. I repeat, 0.49%. It's just under 39 million people who live in countries whose governments formally recognize Taiwan as a state. And the latest example of a country that has rejected Taiwanese separatism and normalized diplomatic relations with China is Honduras, the country in Central America where in 2009, the US backed a military coup that overthrew Honduras's democratically elected president, Mama Salaya, and installed a right-wing dictatorship that governed from 2009 until the end of 2021. Samara Castro is the new president of Honduras. She's a leftist of no relation to Fidel Castro. It's just her last name. But she is a leftist from a, a socialist party. And she has announced on March 14th that Honduras is breaking its diplomatic relations with Taiwan and is only going to recognize the People's Republic of China with the one China policy. And she tweeted on March 14th that she has instructed her... Uh, foreign Minister Eduardo Reina, so that Honduras opens official relations with the People's Republic of China as a show of determination to fulfill her plan of government and to expand the frontiers of liberty in, the, in concert with the nations of the world. That's how she described it. And an important part of what she says here, she says she's fulfilling her government's plan. And she's referencing the fact that when she ran for uh, election for presidency, the presidency in 2021, she promised, she said, if I win the presidency, I'm going to recognize China. So before that, Honduras was one of just 13 countries in the world that recognized Taiwan as an independent state. Now it is only 12 countries. Honduras has dropped this, its support for Taiwanese separatism. Now, if you go to the website of the so-called Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the so-called Republic of China, Taiwan, which is not a real country, according to international law. And like I said, 12 countries now recognize it, and they represent about 39 million people, 0.49% of the global, global population of 
8 billion people. So almost no one actually recognizes this so-called country. Taiwan, according to international law, is a province of the People's Republic of China. And even the U.S. technically on paper recognizes that, although, of course, we know that the U.S. always ignores international law. So this is the official list of countries that have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan, the so-called Republic of China. It includes Marshall Islands, Nauru, Palau, Tuvalu, Eswatini, and they have the Vatican City, which is not a, it's not a UN-recognized country. It's not a UN member state. Belize, Guatemala, Haiti. Honduras is no longer recognizing Taiwan. It's now recognizing the People's Republic of China, so we can cross Honduras off this list. Paraguay, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis, officially known as the Federation of St. Christopher and Nevis, but the more common name is St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Now, I made a chart showing these countries that have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan and their populations. The biggest is Guatemala, with just under 18 million people. Then there's Haiti, with 11.5 million people, and then Paraguay with 7.4 million people, and finally in Africa, Eswatini, with just over 1 million people. So those are the only countries that have more than 1 million people. The other countries that recognize Taiwan are tiny island nations, excluding the Vatican City, which is not a UN member state, and they have just extremely small populations. Belize, well, Belize is not an island, but in the Caribbean, Belize, uh, St. Lucia, St. Vincent of the Grenadines, Marshall Islands, St. Kitts and Nevis, Palau, Tuvalu, Nauru, and then Vatican City, which has a population of 1,000. If you add up, I mean, again, Nauru has a population of 9,000, almost 10,000. Tuvalu, a population of 11,000. Palau, 21,000. St. Kitts and Nevis, 54,000. Marshall Islands, 80,000. I mean, these, these countries are tiny. And I don't mean disrespect to them. I'm not saying that just because a country is tiny, it's unimportant or it's not a real country. We should recognize the sovereignty of all countries. But these countries are also violating the sovereignty of China by recognizing these separatist puppets of imperialism. Taiwan has never been a country. It was colonized by different imperial powers. And then after, in 1949, the revolution ended colonialism in China after a century, the century of humiliation in which foreign colonialist powers, including the including the US European colonialist powers in Japan, colonized different parts of China. China, China finally overthrew the colonial regime in its socialist revolution and then reunified almost all of China. And what happened is the right wing nationalist forces, very fascistic nationalist forces led by Chiang Kai-shek fled to to Taiwan, and with the support of the U.S. military, acting as puppets of U.S. imperialism, waged a constant war to try to destabilize China. They were never a country, and the, the only reason that China was never able to reunify is because of foreign imperialist meddling violating its sovereignty. So that's why only 12 U.N. member states recognize Taiwan with a, a collective population <laughs> of 39 million people, which is 0.49% of the global population. Now, if we go back to Honduras, which is the latest country to drop formal recognition diplomatically of Taiwan, the uh, Honduran foreign minister, Eduardo Enrique Reina, did an interview with 
the country's Channel 5, and he explained some of the reasons why Honduras is finally formally recognizing the People's Republic of China. He said that Honduras, the capital of which is Tegucigalpa, um, Tegucigalpa had proposed asking for more support um, because Honduras is an extremely poor country. It's one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. I've seen some estimates saying it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. I've seen others say it's the second poorest after Haiti. And 74% and of the population of Honduras live in poverty. That is about three quarters of the population of 10 million. So over 7 million Hondurans live in poverty. And China has offered them economic support to help fight poverty. So it's no surprise. And another significant reason is because Honduras is facing insane amounts of odious debt, billions of dollars of odious debt that it can't pay off. And the foreign minister, Reina, said that we are following a global trend and we have arrived late with a lot of responsibility. He's, he's kind of saying like, you know, we regret having waited so long to normalize with China. And he said the idea is to look for mechanisms for greater investment and trade. So they recognize that China is the largest economy on Earth, according to purchasing power parity. And China has offered very favorable trade deals and infrastructure projects to countries across the global south, including in Central America. In 2007, Costa Rica recognized China. In 2017, Panama. In 2018, El Salvador. And in 2021, Nicaragua's Sandinista government. And since then, Nicaragua and China have become very close allies, coordinating very closely. China is actually helping fund uh, housing projects for the Sandinista government to build housing communities for poor and working class Nicaraguans. And this is part of a project that the Sandinistas created, which is called the Bismarck Martinez program. And Bismarck Martinez was a Sandinista who was murdered and tortured in 2018 during a violent U.S.-backed coup attempt that tried to violently overthrow Nicaragua's democratically elected Sandinista government. And, and, and the government provides these very humble, simple houses for poor and working people, and China is helping to build more. And when President Daniel Ortega, the revolutionary Sandinista leader, when he signed the agreement with China to build these houses, uh, President Ortega said, quote, the United States does not accept that the end of its hegemony is a fact. And President Ortega has given a lot of speeches talking about the rise of China and the end of U.S. unipolar imperial hegemony. In fact, I'm going to be doing a separate video um, and podcast looking at a speech that President Ortega gave this March in a, in a meeting with the Communist Party of China, talking about the end of U.S. imperial decline of U.S. imperialism and the end of neoliberalism. And in addition to that project, that uh, housing project that China is helping Nicaragua with, China and the Sandinista government have also signed projects for infrastructure development, for hospitals, renewable energy, medical equipment, roads, railways, ports, water and public health systems. And China is going to be overseeing all of these projects with state-owned companies. So it's a way of China helping to develop Nicaragua, which is also a very poor country in Central America, which has been devastated by hundreds of years of first European colonialism. And since ever since then, in the 20th century, U.S. imperialism and U.S. neocolonialism, the U.S. has militarily occupied Nicaragua three times. 
1927 until 1933, the U.S. military occupied Nicaragua. The U.S. installed a right-wing puppet dictatorship led by a family, the Somoza family, that governed until the Sandinista Revolution in 1979. And then, of course, in the 1980s, the CIA waged a terror war. The U.S. imposed an economic blockade, just committing massive war crimes and crimes against humanity against the people of Nicaragua. And the International Court of Justice found the U.S. guilty of war crimes against Nicaragua. And the U.S. is supposed to pay Nicaragua billions of dollars of reparations. But the U.S. ignored it because the U.S. always ignores international law because it's a rogue regime. Now, an important aspect of the strategic partnership between China and Nicaragua is the proposal to create a Nicaraguan canal to challenge the dominance of the Panama Canal. And the Panamanian government has been really dominated by U.S. hegemony for a long time and acts basically as a kind of U.S. puppet state. So there has been discussions for years now for China to help build a canal going through Nicaragua. And you can see there's a proposed route, a map here. And there's another map that's a little more useful because it also shows the location of the Panama Canal. And you can see that the Nicaragua Canal would be even bigger and it would also be wider, allowing more ships to go through. So this could be a real economic game changer for Nicaragua, for the region. Um, Honduras is the northern neighbor of Nicaragua. Honduras now has a leftist government like the Sandinista government in Nicaragua, their allies. And building that, that trade route could really help develop the region and have a significant influence on international trade. And China is really increasing its trade with Latin America. The majority of countries in Latin America now trade more with China than any other country, including the United States. And China, of course, is continuing to grow as an economic power while the U.S. economy is in stagnation. By the way, I should mention that the Nicaraguan government officially recognized China first back in the 1980s soon after the Sandinista Revolution. But what happened is that after the U.S. backed the terror war and the blockade against Nicaragua and the U.S. helped rig the 1990 election against Nicaragua, the Sandinistas were pushed out of power. And in 1990, a right-wing U.S. puppet regime came to power led by the multimillionaire oligarch family, the Chamorros, who have had seven presidents in the history of Nicaragua. They're basically just U.S. puppets and they're one of the wealthiest families in the country. And the Chamorro government, the right-wing regime, they broke ties with China and recognized Taiwan, ob obediently following U.S. orders. And when the Sandinistas came back in the second phase of the Sandinista revolution through democratic elections in 2006, they entered power in 2007. They were being very careful diplomatically because they were afraid that the U.S. would organize another coup against them or another war and sanctions and a blockade against them. So they were very careful. And then, of course, Taiwan also, they have a lot of companies, Taiwanese companies that invest in especially poor countries like in Central America, and they offer jobs for people at, you know, uh, factories and making clothes and such. So it's a difficult decision because for places like Nicaragua and Honduras, because their leaders are working class leftist leaders and they don't want, you know, working class Nicaraguans and Hondurans to lose jobs at these, these factories because, of course, Taiwan the Taiwanese companies all, they withdraw their capital and they close all the companies if countries end diplomatic relations. So it's a way, it's another way of basically, you know, holding the population hostage with these, with these job opportunities and economic opportunities. 
Um, but then, of course, after the 2018 coup attempt backed by the U.S. failed in Nicaragua, then the Nicaraguan government, uh, because it dared to defeat the coup, began being sanctioned more and more by the U.S. illegally. The U.S. Congress, with bipartisan support from Republicans and Democrats, passed this legislation imposing illegal sanctions. And Nicaragua said, screw it. I mean, we're at the point where we are an independent sovereign country. We, we will not tolerate the U.S. blackmailing us and threatening us and telling us who and who we cannot have diplomatic relations with. And they, they restored diplomatic relations with China. And the Sandinista government in Nicaragua has always been very careful to say that they restored diplomatic relations. They weren't the ones who broke relations with China. It was the right wing U.S. puppet regimes in the 1990s. Now, going back to Honduras's decision to break relations formally with Taiwan and recognize China, I should also point out that Taiwan has played a very negative role meddling in the internal politics of so many of these small countries. So we looked at their populations in this chart here. One of the reasons that these countries continue to recognize Taiwan is because basically Taiwan and the U.S. bribe and blackmail and threaten their leaders to prevent them from normalizing relations. You can bet in Honduras that this is a, a scary decision for them. It's terrifying because the U.S. already backed a coup in Honduras in 2009, very recently. The U.S. backed a coup attempt in Nicaragua in 2018 that was very violent. So these countries, they're often very afraid if they have independent sovereign governments. In some cases, unfortunately, like in Haiti, we saw that the, the president of Haiti, Jovenel Moise, was killed by Colombian mercenaries who were FBI and DIA assets. They were, they were informants for the U.S. government. And they killed, they assassinated the leader of Haiti. And Haiti now basically has a U.S. puppet regime with no sovereignty. And the U.S. is trying to militarily occupy Haiti. Canada has already sent ships and planes to, it's from its military to Haiti. They're trying to militarily occupy it. So unfortunately, Haiti doesn't really have a sovereign government. And Guatemala, has a right-wing puppet regime. I'll come back to that in a second. A very corrupt right-wing U.S. puppet regime. And it's true for many other countries. So the point is that, that the U.S. and Taiwan, they blackmail and threaten these, these sovereign countries. And then the countries that aren't sovereign, they just bribe the politicians. We saw a clear example of this in Honduras during the 2021 election. So I mentioned that from 2009 until the end of 2021, Honduras was governed by a U.S. coup regime, a U.S. puppet regime that was installed through a right-wing military coup, sponsored, originally started, it was planned by the George W. Bush administration, and then it was carried out by the Barack Obama administration under Hillary Clinton's State Department. And I produced a documentary with the former Honduran president who was overthrown, Mama Salaya, and he said in that interview that the US, the U.S. government under first the Bush administration threatened him and said, you cannot have relations with Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela. And after Honduras joined the Bolivarian Alliance, the ALBA, which was an economic alliance with Venezuela, then the U.S. backed the coup. So it was started under Bush and was continued under Obama. So during those 12 years of the coup regime, uh, Taiwan was bribing the coup regime and meddling in internal politics. And there were many reports during the elections in November of 2021 that Taiwan was giving other forms of bribery, including so-called aid. And you can see here the packages that say Taiwan help. 
and it has the Honduran flag and the Taiwanese flag. And, and there were many reports that Taiwan was bribing people and supporting the right-wing candidate from the national party of the coup regime, whose name was Nasrias Fura. So this is a clear example of Taiwan violating democracy. And yet, of course, the US, which supports separatists in Taiwan, claims that Taiwan is a so-called democracy. In reality, it's a province of the People's Republic of China, and it does have local elections, although China, the People's Republic of China, has local elections. And the US has supported the separatist elements of Taiwan that historically were fascist dictators. Chiang Kai-shek was a fascist dictator propped up by the US for years as he committed war crimes and torture and killed people and threw political prisoners in, in dungeons for, for daring to oppose his puppet regime. So it's so funny because, you know, liberals in the US will portray Taiwan as like some great progressive be beacon of democracy or some nonsense. President Biden invited Taiwan to his so-called Summit for Democracy, which featured a bunch of right-wing puppet regimes. I mean, Bolsonaro from Brazil, I mean, absolutely nonsense. So, I mean, it shows that the liberals have this idea that Taiwan is supposedly progressive, but in fact, Taiwan supports some of the most vicious right-wing corrupt Trumpian elements. And another example of this is we can see in Guatemala. I mentioned that Guatemala is the largest country on earth that's, that still recognizes Taiwan as a country. Guatemala's population is just under 18 million. So, which is, you know, a Chinese city. And right now, Guatemala is governed by a right-wing corrupt millionaire who is an Italian citizen, by the way. His name is Alejandro Giamatei. He is an Italian Guatemalan, and he is the president of Guatemala, a majority indigenous descent country. The majority of the Guatemalan population is of indigenous descent, and yet their leader is a corrupt millionaire Italian citizen. And Gu Guatemala, has been lobbying in Washington, D.C. with the help of Taiwan. Taiwan spending money. And who is Taiwan giving that money to? To Donald Trump allies. So, you know, Demo I mean, it's bipartisan in the U.S. As, as with all of the U.S. empire's crimes, both Republicans and Democrats support Taiwanese separatists and want war with China. But the irony is that Democrats often try to portray Taiwan as a progressive beacon, when in reality, Taiwan is working closely with the most far-right Trumpian elements in the United States. This is a report in the AP from back in 2022, and it notes that Guatemala hired for $900,000 a major supporter of Donald Trump to seek influence with U.S. officials in an unusual lobbying contract pay for, paid for by Taiwan. And specifically... The, the guy doing it, his name is Brian Ballard, and he's the president of a lobbying firm and a longtime Trump ally who helped raise money for Trump. And he, he's worked as a lobbyist for Trump in Florida. And the AP says, it's not clear why Taiwan would pay for a Trump ally to lobby for Guatemala, when in reality, right now, the, the current government is, of course, Democratic. It's Joe Biden who has repeatedly expressed concerns over Guatemala because the Guatemalan president is a right-wing Trump ally. But, you know, the AP says it's not clear how. It is clear how. This is an example of corruption. It's blatant corruption. It's a way for Taiwan to give money 
to these corrupt right-wing politicians and their supporters in Guatemala as well. So this is a clear example of how the only way that Taiwan can keep formal diplomatic relations with these 12 UN member states with a collective population of under 39 million people, the only way they can do it is through threats, bribery, blackmail, and of course the US is always backing them up. That's why this move by Honduras's leftist president, Samara Castro, is a brave move. And it's a move that's going to benefit the people of Honduras and the people of Central America to help them economically develop. Because after 200 years of the U.S. so-called Monroe Doctrine, in which the U.S. has treated Latin America as its colonial backyard in scare quotes, the region has suffered from poverty and underdevelopment and dedevelopment. And countries in the region are saying, look, China is going to offer us much more favorable relations and we can work together following China's concept of win-win cooperation as opposed to the U.S. empire's capitalist concept of zero-sum game competition where one side wins and one side loses. Corporations profit and the, and the people of Honduras are exploited. Their natural resources are exploited. And, they, and instead, many countries in the global south are saying, look, China has this idea of mutually beneficial win-win cooperation, and that's why they're recognizing China and dropping this farce of supporting separatists in Taiwan. As always, in the description below, I will link to an article at geopoliticaleconomy.com that has all of the sources that I discussed today, including the chart that I made of the 12 UN member states and the Vatican as well that recognize Taiwan representing 0.49% of the global population. So that's to say that 99.51% of the global population recognizes China. And of course, that number is only going to increase further and further. Uh, if you want to support the work that we do here, please consider going to geopoliticaleconomy.com support, or you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash geopolitical economy. I'm Ben Norton, the editor of Geopolitical Economy Report. I want to thank everyone for watching or listening. I'll see you all next time.